Welcome to Growing in Grace, a weekly program featuring informal conversation to help with growth in understanding the gospel and to live in the freedom that comes through Jesus Christ. And now, here's the hosts of Growing in Grace, Mike Kapler and Joel Berizaki. Hi again and welcome to Growing in Grace. Mike Kapler, my name, along with my friend Joel Brzezicki. And uh, we'll take a few minutes here, hopefully, to encourage you in your walk with Christ as we continue to grow in grace together. Hi, Joel. Hey, Cap. How you doing? Things are going pretty well. Uh, life is busy. The summer is hot. And uh, the summer always seems to go by fast for me. I don't know about you. Maybe maybe uh, somehow I think I revert back to my days uh, as, as being a child. I didn't like school very well, I have to admit. And I think uh, when summer rolls around, it still goes by. It still goes by fast for me because I see my kids going back to school when the fall gets here. Yeah, I was just looking through the newspaper and I was looking at some ads and back to school sales already. I'm thinking, man, this was when I was a kid. This is the part of summer I dreaded, even though I got a whole month and a half left until school starts. It's like the countdown's on, but. A week ago, less than a week ago, I had some surgery, so that kind of knocked out some of my summer, although I'm doing all right. I'm just not able to go out and do a lot of things. You you had major surgery done. It was um, having your gallbladder removed, right? I've had, um, I'm now gallbladderless, so I, I guess, I don't know, I have a lot less gall than I used to. I don't know. <laughs> I used to have a lot of gall, but... <laughs> I made the joke the other day on the phone that you were climbing the bladder of success, right? Bladder of success. Yeah. All right. But it went well, and you're recovering pretty nicely doing good yeah in fact it's i'm surprised at how fast the the thing is i mean it's done laparoscopically so they just have to make more incisions but they're really tiny incisions and they do everything with cameras and lights and it's just amazing how they do it Hmm. i was up i was out of the hospital the same day that's great news yeah uh yeah i mean uh i suppose when when our parents were were young adults back in in uh, several decades ago you probably would have been in the hospital for four or five days, maybe a week. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people that said they got it done a long time ago, and that's what they were, they were in there for quite a while. I don't even know uh, when they deliver babies anymore. I'm not even sure if they just take them through the drive through now. I'm not sure how that works. <laughs> it's been a while for us. <laughs> but, uh, well, I was looking in Colossians today, Joel. Um, chapter 2, love this chapter. Um, love lots of chapters, but this one is always one that... that I remember well. Um, let me just start out reading a few verses, and, and maybe we can uh, take a few minutes to expound upon them and, and share some, some thoughts and maybe some insights. Um, Paul wrote to the Colossians in chapter 2, verse 8, and he said, Beware, lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, and according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him, in Christ, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are complete in him, who is the head of all principality and power. And uh, he goes on to say a few things, but I'm going to skip a few more verses down here. He has made uh, he has made us alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Uh, notice how when he says uh, you are complete in him, uh, you are forgiven in him, uh, these things are past tense. That's uh, yeah, because I was one of these people who sometimes I would say something like, well, God will forgive you, brother. God will forgive you. One time I ran into a grace person before I was very rooted and grounded in grace, and uh, I think I used that line on him. I said, well, and I, I might have even been joking around with him. It was a light moment, but I might have said something like, oh, God will forgive you. And and his response was, he already has. <laughs> and it threw me for a loop. <laughs> 
Well, it is amazing how this gospel, I mean, how we can take so many verses out of the Bible. And, and like like we talked a few weeks ago about how if you confess your sins, God is faithful and just to forgive you, and, and how the meaning of that is different than if you just take that verse out and, and read it in English. I mean, so many of these things uh, mean so much more when you take it in the context and when, you, and when you understand the original language. And when you take a verse like the one you're reading right now that says in plain English, it's a done deal. This has happened. You've been forgiven. He has already made you alive in Christ. You've, you've been made alive together with Christ, having forgiven, past tense, all your trespasses. Yeah, all of them. That's incredible. Uh, talk about freedom. And, and so uh, it kind of gets into the meat of it here when he says, you've been forgiven all of your trespasses, having, and I'm using New King James here, all right, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us which was contrary to us. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, having disarmed principalities and powers. He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. So let no one judge you in food or drink or regarding a festival or Sabbaths, which are uh, a shadow of things to come, but the substance is of Christ. And he goes on to say this, let Let no one cheat you of your reward, taking delight in false humility and the worship of angels intruding into those things which he has not seen, uh, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. And, and the, you know, Paul goes on here, we could keep reading, but uh, the bottom line here, and there really is no bottom line when it comes to the Word of God, um, there's just always another line to come, and another thing to learn when it comes to God's Word. But uh, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements, the, the law, um, that that was against us and contrary to us, Jesus removed that that barrier that kept us from God, and um, that is just so incredible to know that we're forgiven because of that. I mean, there is just so much in there, just so much right in that little passage, just in in the little part that you read. There is so much that we could talk about that you know it'd be good to dwell on. I think for a while, not only you know wiping out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, I mean, that's one thing to focus on, the fact that the law was, was good and holy and pure, but it was against us. And some, some people, so many people these days are trying to, uh, they really want and hope and pray that Christians will start living by the law, will start following the law, will start following the Ten Commandments, not realizing that this, these requirements were against us. And the reason is that they were so holy and so pure that none of us could keep us. And so all that the law could do, all of the requirements could do, was to condemn us. They were contrary to us, because our way in the flesh was contrary to the law. There was nothing we could do to keep it. And the good news here is that this handwriting of requirements that was against us, he's taken it out of the way. In fact, he nailed it to the cross, as it says there in Colossians. Mm. There is an awful lot in there, and it's hard to cover it all, too. And, and I know we can cross-reference a lot of scriptures, too. Uh, wrapping up the chapter, and we know Paul didn't write in chapters, per se, but as I go down just a, a few more verses, I'm going to skip over a few here. But it kind of concludes here, chapter-wise, anyway, we're concluding. Um, Therefore, if you died with Christ from the basic principles of the world, why, as though living in the world, do you subject yourselves to regulations? Mm-hmm. Don't touch, don't taste, don't handle, which all concern things 
uh, which perish with the using, according to the commandments and doctrines of men. These things, indeed, have an appearance of wisdom in self-imposed religion, false humility, and neglect of the body, but are of no value against the indulgence of the flesh. Oh, that's good stuff. Try to keep the law. I mean, look at the requirements. Look at all of this stuff. Uh, do not do this. Do this. You shall do this. You shall not do this. Take a look at that and compare that to the indulgence of the flesh and, and see if you can do this for any period of time in your life. I remember when I was a little bit younger, before I really got into walking with Christ, I went through periods of maybe hours at a time, maybe days at a time, when I thought that I was really doing this, and I thought, this is the time where I'm going to start walking with Christ. And then I would find the indulgence of the flesh, whether it was stealing or, or whatever it was, whatever it was that my flesh wanted to do, whether it was lying, whether it was you know simple little unobvious things or obvious things. And I thought that for periods of time I was actually going to do this. Thank God for His grace and for Jesus doing all of this stuff for me, because I could never, I could never do it. I can't overcome these things by myself. Oh, that's for sure. Jesus did the overcoming. Uh, we can be overcomers too, but it's all because of Him. And I think sometimes we often start relying on our own effort again. Exactly. It's so easy to revert back to that. There's so many other things that uh, kind of go in in line with this. I was looking in in Hebrews, where it kind of talks in a similar fashion about the commandments. Uh, Hebrews 7:18. For on the one hand, there is the annulling of the former commandment because of its weakness and unprofitableness. For the law made nothing perfect. On the other hand, there is the bringing of a better hope through which we draw near to God. For years and years and years, under this old set of commands, under this old covenant, people had to year by year bring sacrifices to cover their sins but yet by trying to keep the law and even by bringing these sacrifices nothing was made perfect the reason that the the old covenant was weak and unprofitable was because people simply couldn't keep it and i know you had uh, some verses uh, later on in hebrews that talk more about the sacrifices like i think starting in chapter 10 yeah, you know, one thing that uh, that uh, the writer of Hebrews points out right in the beginning of chapter 10, um, doing those sacrifices like what they used to do under the Old Covenant, they continually offered them up year by year, yet they could not make those who approached through those sacrifices, they could not make them perfect. Now, the implication there is those sacrifices could not bring perfection but there is one sacrifice, of course, of course, the sacrifice of Christ, that has already made us perfect. Remember, we were already talking about being complete back in Colossians. We are forgiven. We are complete. We're righteous. We're holy. Um, we're clean. Uh, these are things that have already been accomplished through the sacrifice of Christ. It's not just something that we're becoming. It's something that we've already become. It's part of our, our new nature that has, has taken place uh, during the new birth. And, uh, and so while the old covenant sacrifices could not make us perfect, there is one uh, sacrifice uh, for, for, done once and for all through Jesus Christ that has already uh, made us perfect. And, and uh, the writer of Hebrews goes on in chapter 10 to talk about some of that because those sacrifices 
that they did under the old covenant, Joel, and they were a reminder of sins every year. Um, but it's not possible that the blood of animals, bulls and goats, could take away sins. But the, the blood of Christ can and, and, and already has. Well, just imagine what kind of life that would be. And I think there are probably a lot of Christians these days living this life, a life where all that you, I mean, the essence of your Christian life is that whether it's daily or weekly or yearly, you're reminded of your sins. I mean, what kind of life is that? I mean, this, the Old Covenant, was, was a shadow of what was to come. These offerings, these sacrifices, which made nothing perfect, were a shadow of, like you were talking about, Cap, the perfect sacrifice, which once and for all took away everybody's sin, took away our sin. There's no longer a need to bring up our sins. There's no longer a need to be reminded of of how evil we've been or of how we've fallen short of God's glory. There's no reason to live like life like that when Jesus Christ was the perfect sacrifice. No longer is there a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly sacrifice. There's no prescribed sacrifice because the one sacrifice is taken care of it once and for all. And just like that, Joel, we're out of time for this one. <laughs> <laughs> Man, these things go by so fast. Yeah. We can pick up on it uh, on our next program, so we hope you'll tune in and join us. All right, well, thanks for listening. I'm Joel Brzezicki, along with Mike Kapler. This has been Growing in Grace. If you want to get a hold of us, you can check out a website, graceroots.org, graceroots.org. You can get a hold of us through that. And thanks for listening. We'll be back with you next week. You've been listening to Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezicki, a weekly program featuring informal conversation to help with growth in understanding the gospel and to live in the freedom that comes through Jesus Christ.